Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Doctrine Matters Podcast. It's so glad that you were able to join us here to talk about the next thing on the list, and that's going to be to stop talking about all of the problems in the world for now and talk about something else, something that we all are a part of if we attend church at all, and especially if you're in leadership, we're going to talk about church growth. Everybody that I know wants their church to grow, right? Everybody wants to have a nice, growing, solid church to be a part of. And some of the things that take place to push church growth are not always the greatest things in the world. Now, we can do things, we can do programs, we can push all sorts of things out there to grow our church, but ultimately, are those things the things that are going to grow a church? Now, I used to follow a lot of churches, a lot of people, a lot of pastors that have large churches, and I started watching these guys. I started listening to these guys, and one thing I started to notice over time is I started to just kind of see the trend in church growth. And when we're talking about church growth, many people are talking about numerical growth. So let's get that uh, kind of in the forefront of our minds here is that people want to talk about church growth. They want the church to grow numerically or booties in the seats, right? So a lot of these churches that I would follow, and, and even still today, many of them, they are not really biblical in their approach, and I kind of want to use that carefully because I don't want to. Uh, I want to be careful not to call another church unbiblical or uh, not a real church unless they truly are not a real church, and we can talk about that sometime. But some of these churches are doing things that are pushing numerical growth, but they're doing not much at all for spiritual growth. So there's different kinds of growth when it comes to church. For the most part, many people want to see numerical growth. Others want to see spiritual growth. And then still some, there are others that want to see both types of growth. And and I think any church would want to see those types of growth. But out of all of these churches that I've watched over the years and that some are still going is they don't really do things that are biblical in nature. For instance, a lot of the times when you see church growth, you see these strategies, you see these programs, you see these gimmicks that people use to get to church or get people to church. And all it does is it, it kind of puts the church on display and makes it look attractive to the world so people would want to come in and be a part of that church. For instance, you got churches where the the pastor is coming out of the top of the ceiling on uh, one of those things that a zip line is is not really a zip line. They're not zipping down through there, but it's kind of like they're attached to these cables and they're just kind of being lowered down onto the stage and they're preaching while they're doing that. And that's just some gimmicky type stuff that churches use to get people that are in the world that are unbelievers attracted to church and others are using still jokes. I mean, there's not much gospel presentation. There's a lot of, a lot of things that are really just like a circus almost. 
I know there was a church one time in Tennessee that did a rodeo for church, and I'm like, that's cool and all. You had a rodeo inside of your building, but what kind of growth are you looking for when you put forth these gimmicks and these circus-type atmospheres? And what tends to happen is I've noticed that a lot of these churches will grow big really quickly, and some of them may stay big. But what happens here is you can never really go deep into the Word of God. You, you can't really go deep into theology. You, you have to kind of stay on a surface level when you're teaching and uh, when you're going through the Word, because if you tend to go deeper into Scripture, you tend to really see a lot of people check out, and they'll start to leave. So what do you have to do to keep people coming to your church? And I think Charles Spurgeon, I'm going to paraphrase this, is whatever you do to get the people to your church, you're going to have to keep one-upping what you did to keep them. Because people get bored quickly, don't we? We can go do something over and over and over, and it eventually becomes bored. We lose interest in it, so we move on to different things. And eventually we may circle back around and start to do whatever we lost interest in before. But when it comes to church, if we're using gimmicks and circus-type things to get people in, we're going to have to keep those people with the same type of gimmicks, or we're going to have to start one-upping those gimmicks to keep people coming around and keep people interested in church. And then when they're there... We hope to teach the Word, but again, you can never really go deep into the Word without starting to lose a lot of people. Now, I realize that there are some large churches that go deep into the Word that are that just are able to preach deep theology, and theology is nothing more than the study of God, and to lay out different doctrines and areas of the Word that uh, could go deep. Some could be shallow, some could be in between, but there are some churches that can do those things and that are still large churches and they're not putting on a circus or an act or a rodeo or, or some major production to be able to keep people. So the there are exceptions to the rule. But you have to keep one upping to keep people coming. And if you go deep into the Word, you run the risk of losing them. For instance, I've seen churches do like Star Wars and have... Let me just be clear here. Some of y'all are going to tune out right now because you're going to think, what a weirdo, but I know nothing about Star Wars. So I'm fixing to say stuff, and it may not even be Star Wars stuff. It may be Star Trek stuff, like anything that stars, I don't know. I mean, just even Dancing with the Stars. I know Mario Lopez was on Dancing with the Stars one time. It's about my knowledge when it comes to stars, unless we're talking about the ones in the sky. But I've seen a church where... They had a, a Klingon or Stormtroopers and Chewbacca and Darth Vader all come out dancing during their music time and and all sorts of stuff. I've seen a pastor on a full-court basketball floor in the middle of his building shooting basketball the whole time, and he never opens a Bible. He's just dribbling, a ball, dribbling the ball around the whole time. And this is quote-unquote cool and to the unbelieving world yes it's attractive it's it's what's uh attracting people we used to call this the seeker sensitive model those that are seeking those that are looking we make it attractive to them and simply most of the time we're going to have to keep doing crazy antics to get people to stay to church and keep coming back to church and we have to forfeit the word of god to do that 
That's why a lot of these churches never go deep. But what they do is a lot of them will teach a man-centered theology. Now, if we know anything about theology, we know that the Bible is about God. It's not about us. I remember the Code Orange revival that Stephen Furtick and Elevation Church put on. And uh, if you know Stephen Furtick, he is big about making you the story of the Bible, making you the David in the Bible, making your situation in your life, Goliath. So he puts you into the story when you are not David. And Matt Chandler came in back in Matt Chandler's good day. I'll say that. If you know, you know. Matt Chandler comes in and he says, let me tell you something. You're not David. He preached a heck of a sermon that eventually got taken off of Elevation's site because it was a God-centered sermon instead of a man-centered is what Elevation Worship is, or Elevation Worship, but Elevation Church has been known to preach. And that's what tends to happen in these bigger churches is it, you can't go deep into Scripture, and so you just scratch the surface of the gospel and who Jesus is. And if not that, you're looking at how you can have your breakthrough, how you can have your best life now, how you can do all of these things for yourself and it is such a man-centered sermon, if you will, or a man-centered talk that God is really left out of the equation. And I'm a man of paraphrases, so I believe it was Paul Washer that says, you can't lift the skirt of the church to try to entice carnal men, unbelieving men, to come in to the church. And that's what the church is doing all across the world. They're giving the world a taste of worldly things, and it's causing people to say, oh, look, this is attractive. Let me go to this. I like what I'm seeing here. And they get there, and they never hear the gospel. And they never hear the true word of God, and that is a problem, especially in today's society. It's always been a problem. If you don't preach the gospel, then people aren't saved. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if they're just going to hear how awesome they are or how they can have their best life now or their breakthroughs right around the corner and they never talk about the true worship of God, they never talk about the glory of the cross, they never talk about repentance and faith, they never talk about justification, sanctification, glorification, regeneration, all of those things, then they are never going to grow spiritually. They're just going to be an immature, large church always sucking on the teat of the cool pastor. Now, I would like to think of myself as a cool pastor, don't we all? But at the end of the day, I don't wear skinny jeans with holes in them and have just the perfect hair. But anyway, I digress. I don't want to label some folks that way and, and be rude or sinful in that. But pastors nowadays tend to want to be cool and relevant rather than biblical. And that is why we see such a moral decay in this world. We see such a decline in this world. We see so many people that profess Christ not living as if they even know Christ because they're too busy giving themselves glory because of the preaching that they're hearing at their church that is cool and hip and doing at-the-movies stuff, and the church is spending God knows how much amount of money on stage props and all of these things. And when you got Wookiees coming out dancing 
And stormtroopers, that's got to cost some money. And when you have to redo your stage design every single week because you're doing an at the movie series and you got to make your stage look like that movie, money is being poured into these establishments and nothing more than numerical growth is happening because the church is pulling up the dress and showing the world its goods and inviting unbelieving men and women into that establishment. That is not what we have been called to as believers. When we gather as the church, the ecclesia, the assembly of the saints, the gathering of the saints, we are to preach the word of God. We are to sing the word of God. We are to encourage one another. We are to even rebuke one another. As a matter of fact, I love Colossians chapter 3 verse 16. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So some of these things that we should be doing when we gather in worship as a congregation is to sing, is to teach, is to preach, is to encourage one another, is to rebuke one another, admonish one another. Uh, We should be praying. We should be giving. We should be reading the scripture. We should be doing all of these things. Instead, we've got many churches in America that are growing numerically, and they're uh, dancing with Chewbacca, or they're playing basketball, or they're doing other things without even opening the Bible and declaring how great you are when the Bible really says that there is not one man that is good. No, not one. There is none that seek after God. And we want to have these unbelieving people come into our churches and not even preach the true gospel. We preach a man-centered theology, and we call it church. And we say, we got one of the largest churches in America. But let me tell you something. God has not called us to have the largest churches in America. God has not even called us to have a large church. God has called us to be faithful And as the church gathers, the church is a gathering of the saints, meaning that these people that gather as the church on the Lord's day are already saved. They're already believers. Now, do we welcome unbelievers into our worship gatherings? Absolutely. There is no way that we would want to say no, that you cannot come here because we want unbelievers to show up. If they show up, they should be hearing the true word of God and something that is going to meet them right where they are in their sin, right? We don't want to meet right where they are in their sin and encourage to go watch this movie and then hear how we've talked about it in a sermon. We want to meet them where they are with the gospel of Jesus Christ that shows them their brokenness, their sinfulness, and then shows them not only the bad news of who they are as a fallen creature, but teach them the good news of who God is and how he sent his son Jesus to die for the sins of many in this world and those that repent and believe on the Lord repent of their sins and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved and they had been crossed over from death to life when this happens and then they are discipled and they grow in grace and holiness and then we see spiritual growth taking place in this person's life we want the unbelieving world to gather with us on the Lord's day but we don't want to put ourselves out there and whore ourselves out as a church just to get all the men and women we can inside our walls. And sadly, many churches have done this. 
and we got to look past this numerical growth, the scratching the surface of who God is, the scratching the surface of the Bible. We've got to stop trying to come up with these gimmicks to get people in, and we just start doing what we're called to do, and that is to preach the word of God. I love what Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. He says, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. We are to teach and preach the word of God. This be ready in season and out of season means you always be preaching the word of God. And we preach the whole counsel of God. That's what Paul says in Acts chapter 20. And we should be preaching from Genesis to the maps. We should be preaching everything that is in the Word of God. Not what we think, not the way we feel as pastors, not what our congregation wants us to preach to them or teach to them, but we teach and preach the Word of God. And if your church isn't teaching the true Word of God and digging deep into it, then you might want to start looking at uh, another place to gather for worship. And let me tell you something, the, the American church, the American gospel, which is uh, not a, even a true gospel when we get down to it, that may be something we talk about next is what the American gospel is. Uh, the American gospel is false. We need to look at the biblical gospel. So church as a whole is not meant to be entertaining. The church as a whole is not meant to keep us entertained and to uh, keep us from getting bored. It's not supposed to stimulate our senses. A real church, a true church, is boring to the unbelieving world. And if you're a believer, your desire should be to gather with the saints in as a church that preaches the whole counsel of God, that teaches the true word of God, that encourages one another, that sings the word of God, that prays the word of God, that prays back to God, that does all of these things the Bible calls us to do, that is unattractive to the unbelieving world because the church is a gathering of the saints, meaning a gathering of believers. Now, don't hear me say saints as in holier than thou or these people don't think they are saints when really they're still sinners. I know what they did last weekend. Yes, we are all sinners still until Jesus comes back. So we are both simultaneously a sinner and and a saint if you are a believer in Christ. So, yes, we're saints, but yes, we're, yes, we're also sinners. So gathering with the saints should be encouraging. We should want to do it. We should have the desire to do it, and we should almost not be able to contain ourselves with excitement until we can get together with the people of God in our local churches. I know many people uh, have said that they like to be with their church family almost more than their extended family. And that's the way it should be. We should be able to function as a family, as a church. A lot of churches that you go into that's entertainment-driven and production-driven, it's kind of just get in and out. And there is no family atmosphere at all. At my church, I tell people that visit, I'm like, hey, listen, Here's the deal. You're going to walk in, and it's not going to be awkward. It may be awkward a little bit because you're new, but these people are going to love on you like they've known you their whole life. So it, it feels like a family reunion if you visit our church for the first time. It's just the way it is. It's the way our people are. I love it. 
I wouldn't have it any other way. I remember recently somebody came, uh, we had a family of, let's see, they had five kids and the mom and dad. So seven people in this family walked in and we had people standing there loving on them, getting to know them, memorizing names and they just felt right at home. And I, I said, hey, listen, everybody here nearly has multiple children. So don't feel out of place. We love kids here. And, and they said, I love to hear that. It's just a family atmosphere here. And that's what happens when you walk in. Now, just because you're, you're, it may not be like a family atmosphere at your church doesn't mean it's not a biblical church. It's not a good church. However, I believe that the, the family of God should function somewhat like a family. And in a, your own family, let's think about it. I've got four kids. So if anybody needs any, uh, just let me know, and I got you covered. I'm just kidding. I love my kids uh, with all my heart. Wouldn't take anything for them. But I got four kids, and in our family, when our kids mess up, we get, we get on to them. We get them back in line. We, we sit down with them. We talk to them about what they've done. We discipline them. And when they do something good, we encourage them. We tell them that we're proud of them. We do things like that. So within our family, there's this encouragement and there's this correction. That is the exact same thing that the Bible is teaching us. That's what Paul is teaching us in both Colossians and 2 Timothy here and all throughout the Bible, that we should be an encouragement to one another. We should correct one another, love one another, uh, call one another to repentance, say, hey, you're messing up right here. I want to love you enough to tell you. How can I help you get back? Let's go. Let's do this. Let's get in the ditches together. Let's do whatever it takes because we're a family. That is the way we function in my family, in my house. That is the way the church should function. However, we got too many pastors and too many people out there looking for something that's going to satisfy the lust of entertainment in their hearts instead of people looking for a church to satisfy what God has called a church to be. That is the difference in a biblical church and a non-biblical church. When you cannot go deep and preach the whole counsel of God because you're too busy with the next thing on your list to entertain people, then that is a problem. Every time people walk through your church doors, they should hear the gospel they should hear a sermon from the Bible. And again, to an unbeliever, it's going to be boring because I don't believe if you're a preacher, you should be boring. I know some preachers are. I don't understand because preaching is exciting because we teach from a book that is itself proclaimed living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. We see that Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. The word is active, so we should be active, and we should not make it boring. We should make it in exciting, and we should be able to just just to go off into the depths of the Word of God, and people grow spiritually as a result. So when we think about church growth, let's forget about numerical growth to begin with. If you're looking for a church, if you are in church, then there is something there that has you in church. So you have to start to think, what am I here for? Do I am I here because I get this entertainment? It's exciting. I can't wait to see what they do next. Or are you there to hear the true word of God, to sing the word of God, to pray the word of God? Are you to give in your of your offering? Are you to give of yourself in worship as you glorify God and all that you do? Listen, if you're there for the entertainment, you can do that at the movies. 
and around my neck of the woods, they're finally opening back up here in, on Friday. So we can go to a movie and be entertained. And they're actually showing some older movies. It's going to be great. It's going to be great to go watch an older movie, be entertained that way. And then you can sleep in on Sunday because if that's all you're going to church for is to be entertained, I can think of a much better places and things to do than to go to sit in a church and be entertained. But sadly, many people would rather go sit in a church because it's more entertaining there than a movie they could go watch or the lake they could go sit on and hang out on. We need churches and men running those churches, well, pastoring those churches, not running those churches. That's a whole other episode. We don't, we don't need uh, dictatorship in churches. That's a, that's a no-no. But we need men that are called by God to preach and teach the whole counsel of God from Genesis to Revelation. We need leaders that are willing to make tough decisions. We need people that are willing to do nothing more or nothing less than to preach and teach the word, proclaim the gospel, encourage one another, admonish one another, and we need men that have that backbone. Not men that are going to get up there and smile and tell you how good you are and how awesome you are and seven ways to have your best life now or uh, six ways to enhance your finances or uh, seven ways to a better you and all of these things. We need men that are going to teach you how bad you are but how good God is. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but any believer knows that there is nothing good in them other than Christ. We live in a fallen world. We are fallen people as a result of the fall in Genesis 3. And by nature, we are sinful and we will die one day as a result of that sin. So we need men that are preaching stuff like that, the hard stuff, the things that are hard to swallow, the difficult things of the scriptures that will sharpen us and to help us repent of our sin and move forward trusting in Christ and not men that are willing to entertain us in hopes of seeing numerical growth and having to go to another service or buy builder, bigger buildings. We need men that are focused on spiritual growth and I believe that as people grow spiritually, the numerical growth will begin to follow. So we have to be able to stop putting these programs and entertainment-driven things ahead of spiritual growth. Because if you focus on physical growth, physical growth, physical growth, the spiritual growth may never come because you've got to keep doing surface-level things, entertainment-driven things to keep that numerical growth that you've been seeking and wanted for so long. So men... Women, go to a church where it's not all flashy, not all production-driven, not all entertainment, but go to a place where they love the Lord, where they love the Bible, and they love each other, where they're going to teach the Word of God, they're going to preach the Word of God, they're going to sing the Word of God, they're going to pray back to God His Word, they're going to give cheerfully to God as an act of worship, and they're going to encourage one another, correct one another when they're out of line, and do all of these things for the glory of God. And that church is a church that will be growing spiritually and not physically. As we close today, I want to tell a really quick story about our church. When I got here, I've been here really close to three years now, and I just came in preaching the word. That's all I knew to do. And some things had happened. Church discipline case come up. Different things happened after that as restoring a brother. People ended up leaving. People didn't like my theology. So we had 
uh, people leave here, people leave there, people just leaving constantly, and it was kind of frustrating and kind of uh, kind of nerve wracking at the same time. Like, okay, what do I do? I've been here less than six months, and we're starting to see a, 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 an exodus of people. A year goes by, more people are gone. It, it's looking really scarce around there, and then. God in his providence used what someone or, or some people meant for evil and used it for good. Some people were saying things about our church and other people were, were thinking, huh, there's a church that actually uh, holds to the sovereignty of God, that actually believes the sovereignty of God, that is uh, a God that is sovereign in all things. There's a church like that here in Jonesboro, one that goes deep into scripture, one that is serious about the word. So what people were hoping to use against us, God used for good. And now we are starting to see, we started seeing spiritual growth and spiritual growth and spiritual growth and people getting closer to Christ and and, and people learning to study their Bible and coming in and sharpening one another. And now our building is running out of room because people are coming. People are getting fed the word of God. People are growing spiritually, and that is starting to lead to a numerical growth. And listen, here's the kicker. There is no money spent on production. There's no money spent on stage designs. Matter of fact, we're probably really lame in like the design category. We put up some Christmas lights in rows type things back around Christmas. And because the back wall is black, we just kept them up there to keep from just getting lost in the black wall. And that's our stage. <laughs> we have Christmas lights that come on every single Sunday. But here is what caused the growth. The preaching and proclamation of the Word of God. That's it. There, we Our budget is ultimately zero on stage design, lights, and production. And... I am thankful that we don't try to win people with entertainment. There are some churches that do well, and those are very few and far between. So if you want your church to grow, leaders, just open the Word of God and preach it, line by line, word by word. It's going to be very boring to unbelievers if they show up, but you never know when God is going to use His Word for that person to hear and for them to be saved and changed. And that's all it takes is hearing the word of God. So just be obedient in preaching that. Folks, if you're attending a church that's more production-driven and uh, more entertainment-driven, I want to in just encourage you to find a church where it's not all that flash, where they just preach the gospel and when you find a church like that, you go there and you go there often, as Charles Spurgeon has said. So church is not for our entertainment. It's for our good. And that good is to become more like Christ. So really rethink your church going. If you're in one of those entertainment-driven churches and leaders, just preach the gospel. That's all you have to do. Preach the word of God, the whole counsel of God, and let God do the rest. It's really that simple. That's, I've seen it. I'm living it right now, and I'm thankful for it. Thankful that all we have to do is open one book and teach it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. Until next time, 
Keep preaching the word. Keep listening to the word. And let God grow you spiritually. And ultimately, your church will grow numerically. Maybe, if that's his will, he is sovereign. He'll do what he wants. Have a great day. God bless.